Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. We're in this series right now called Who is the Holy Spirit? And I want to welcome uh, DeQuincy, uh, and I want to welcome the jail and all those online. Come on, give them a hand clap, guys. We appreciate y'all so much. And also... Uh, our prayers go out, uh, Pastor Donald, for you and your family. Uh, his brother passed away and so uh, this week, and so we just want to let you know we love you, and we're thinking about you, and so just God bless you. Come on, you'll give him another hand clap. I want you to hear that, Pastor Donald. We love you and appreciate you so much. But we started in this series, you know, we did Who is the Father, Who is Jesus Christ, and then we went into Who is the Holy Spirit. And so, DeQuincy, you're catching the part two on this, but it's okay. You're going you're gonna to be able to get a lot from that. Um, last week, I have to say this, because we're, we're, we're about a spiritual work. This is not a natural work. This is a spiritual work. And God moves in the Spirit in different ways. Last week, um, it was during the 1015 service, uh, last week, and I was up here preaching, and I was actually um, kind of probably a little bit past the middle of the message, and I started hearing someone playing on the keys and the pads, and I started hearing them playing on the keys and pads, and, and so when I was preaching, I kind of did like this because I didn't see anyone come up, and there was no one on keys or pads, and I was hearing it with these ears, and it was coming through the speaker's and I was just like, well, did someone put music on back there? So I'm thinking all this while I'm preaching and trying to, you know, figure out what's going on. So I just kept preaching. I kept hearing this music. And I, you know, eventually I just said, you know what, uh, Sarah, why don't you come up? And so Sarah was coming up for keys. And I just said it out loud. I said, wow, I hear music. I hear someone on the keys and pads. And Sarah began to cry because she was hearing it, too. And what was interesting was, Sarah and I, in the whole congregation, we're the only two, but we can hear it as plain as day coming out of the speakers. But no one else heard it. And, and just, and when she, when she came up and started playing, I mean, just people began to weep. And what it was, is just the, the Spirit of God had just moved, and it was something Supernatural. That's never happened to me that way in a supernatural way in a service where that took place. And that was just, that's just in the spirit realm, guys. And, and really, it was, it was crazy because I was hearing it with these ears. It wasn't like it was, I was envisioning it. I was hearing it. Uh, but I, God is about the supernatural. Can I get an amen? And the Holy Spirit is, is one of those parts of the Godhead that moves in our life that is supernatural, and we've got to be open to him moving in our lives. 
And so we started out, I'll go back to the definition. What is the Holy Spirit's name, by the way? His Hebrew name? Ruach HaKadosh. So you can bring that up. And the definition was a holy wind, the breath of God. The very presence of God, a holy wind. And we talked about that last week. Uh, DeQuincy, you can go back and watch that message. And I'll tell you, it'll bless you. But the Holy Spirit's a very important part of the Godhead uh, because he was there in the beginning in Genesis 1. We read about it. He was hovering on the surface of the deep, and it's the breath of God. And so when God spoke, the Holy Spirit moved. But we're even told <clears throat> that, you know, we're baptizing people next service. I think uh, six or seven people next service. So uh, we're even told that when you baptize, don't just baptize in the name of the Father. What, what's his Hebrew name? Yahweh. Don't baptize just in Jesus Christ, but baptize also in what? The Holy Spirit. And so I think we underestimate, especially in the church world today, because we have gotten so naturally minded that we don't know things of the Spirit. But the importance of the Spirit of God uh, moving and operating and the importance of who He is as a part of the Godhead. You know, in Matthew 12, starting in verse 31, it actually talks about how uh, we are not to talk against the Holy Spirit. I want you to see this. It says, therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven people, but blasphemy against the Spirit shall not be forgiven. Wow. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, talking about Jesus Christ, it shall be forgiven him. But... Whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, hmm, it shall not be forgiven him. Go ahead and switch to the next scripture, please. It will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. So right here we see that, man, it's kind of like me. You can talk about me uh, and negatively or talk against me, and that's, you know, it's fine. But if you start talking about Cindy, come on, somebody then it ain't going to be so fine. And it's the same way here. You know, Jesus said, hey, you can talk about me, but you better not talk about the Holy Spirit. You can talk against me, but you better not talk against him because I'm going to rise up and do something about that. Kind of the same thing also like with, with God's bride. Who is God's bride? The church, right? And so you got to be real careful when you start downing the church. Because that's his bride. And although the bride may have some flaws, it's not for others to point them out. Amen? It's for him to point them out. And so, you know, but here you see the importance that we are, we are not to speak against the Holy Spirit. Now, in the context here, it was where, you know, Jesus was doing these works and they were saying, well, that's not the Spirit doing the works. That's the devil doing the works. And so it's when we see God moving or God's moving in someone's life, or he's moving in a situation, and, and then we down that. We come against that. you got to be very careful when, when God is moving not to come against him. Can I get an amen? Or not to speak. Because just because it's not happening in your life, kind of like when I was sharing that about the music, hearing that music and Sarah hearing it, somebody might say, ah, oh, that's hogwash, that ain't whatever. And, well, you better be careful. Just because it doesn't happen to you doesn't mean it doesn't happen. All right? 
So you, we can't speak against the Holy Spirit. That's an important part of the Godhead. Not only can we not speak against the Holy Spirit, but we should not grieve the Holy Spirit. Yes, I say grieve the Holy Spirit. You know this, that God has uh, emotions? I mean, come on, we're made in the image of God. And so we have emotions and so does He. I mean, the Father, it says He's compassionate, right? So He has that mo- uh, emotion in Him about being compassionate. It said that He's slow to anger, but that means He can get angry. And so there's an emotion there. What about Jesus? Jesus, we just read this week in the book of John how, you know, when Mary was weeping and he saw the brokenness in her, what did he do? He wept. And so God has emotions and we need to recognize that. And the Holy Spirit also has emotions that can be affected by the way we live our lives. I want to show you this in Ephesians 4. It says, let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. But if there's any good word for edification according to the need of the moment, say that so that it will give grace to those who hear. So right here, it's very important. And we know James says that salt water and fresh water can't come out of the same hole. Right. And so neither should curses and blessings come out of the same hole, the mouth. And so the mouth is very important. Jesus actually said that we would be judged for every uh, bad word that comes out of our mouth, that we would be judged for that. That's, Jesus said that. He said, for, that's, you're going to be judged for everything that comes out of your mouth. So the mouth's a very important thing. Uh, I think we can take a, a lesson from, from Thumper. Can I get an amen? You know, Thumper is, uh, you know, what was that? Uh, Bambi, the movie Bambi, Thumper's mother. I guess the lesson's from her. What, is it, what did his mother tell Thumper? If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Hmm. Maybe we need to learn that about LSU. Can I get an amen? Uh, uh, so, uh, me too. Um, but it's important that only wholesome words come out of our mouth. Verse 30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He said, I marked you by the Holy Spirit. You're marked by my spirit and you should not grieve him. So right there we see that he can be grieved. You know, if I live in a way that is negative uh, around Cindy, then I can grieve Cindy, which caused her to draw back or uh, maybe cause her to react. And, but people were affected by what we do around them. Well, the Holy Spirit is affected by what we do around Him. And that's why then it goes on and it says, so if you don't want to grieve Him, watch what comes out of your mouth. And then He says, this is what you need to get rid of. You need to get rid of all bitterness. Bitterness is when you have unforgiveness and you don't, and you leave it there. Bitterness comes when you have unforgiveness and you don't, you don't forgive. You don't ever deal with it it turns into bitterness. And in the book of Hebrews, it says bitterness will actually take you away from the faith. It'll, actually, it'll move you away from the way you're supposed to be acting and thinking. And so forgiveness is huge. It's a, it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, and a lot of people say, well, how can I forgive? 
Here's, here's what the Bible says over and over and over and over again. It actually says it in the scripture at the end. The way you learn how to forgive is to remember what you've been forgiven of. When you remember what you've been forgiven of, it's easy to let go of the little bit of debt someone has on you. Can I get an amen? amen. So it says you got to get rid of bitterness. You can't have that in your life. Wrath, you got to get rid of wrath. You know, the Bible actually talks about when we come together, we should pray and lift up our hands and pray for our leaders, but we should not have any wrath on the inside of us. So we got to be careful with wrath and anger that that's not with us. Clamor. Clamor means uh, to be loudly mad, using your outside voice. Come on, someone. It says you got to get rid of all of that and slander. You got to, it says, must be removed from you. Slander. Listen, we live in an age of the social media where we don't think God reads social media. The rest of the world reads it. Why would you think God doesn't know it? And so we're not allowed to slander no one. We have no right to slander anyone. And so he says, you, if, if you want to grieve the Holy Spirit, then you start doing those things. They got to be removed from you, along with malice. A malice is when you intend uh, to do evil. Or let's say, because somebody can think, well, I'm, you know, first degree murder. But malice can be where you want to get back at someone. That's malice. Where I'm, I'm going to say this, and I hope, you know, it's okay. But uh, malice could be even, okay, I'm going to give you the silent treatment because I'm punishing you. So that's a form of malice. So it says, get rid of all of that. And instead, it says, be kind to one another. Kindness means you're enjoyable to be around. Be kind to one another. You're willing to help when someone is, needs help. You're, you're right there. Compassionate. You know, of course, we see the, these are the character traits of God himself. So, you know, pity is where ah, I feel sorry for you. Compassionate is where, wow, I'm going to do something. So pity is what the priest and the Levite did. Uh, compassion is what the Samaritan did. So there you see the difference. And it says forgiving each other. And again, here, here you go. Just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. And so that's how you let go of things, is to realize what God has let go of in your own life. But the Spirit of God plays a huge role in our lives. But we need to know the Spirit of God from the Spirit of the world. We need to be able to distinguish the difference. I'm going to give you two stories. Two stories and two spirits, right? And so the, I was in Washington, D.C., and I went with a group of pastors uh, up there to meet a very... Uh, a bunch of very influential people. And this one particular person was very powerful in the nation, which means in the world. And we sat down in a conference room, and it was a woman. And so she sat down, and all the pastors sat down. There's probably about 12 of us. And we sat down in the room, and she kind of opened up and then uh, opened up for us to ask questions. And so I addressed her, and I said, excuse me, because uh, she was like, I'm a Christian and all this. I said, excuse me. I said, can you explain to me why a Christian would vote for ungodly things? Because you, according to Tony Perkins' uh, survey, according to his 
you know, him where he reports how they voted, have voted the worst, a zero, when it came to faith, family, and freedom. You voted completely against all of that. So how can you be a Christian and vote against all of that? Well, I got her attention. And, but to be honest with you, it was very, like when I started speaking, like I literally can feel the, uh, the pushback in the spirit. Like it was hard for me to even get my words out. Who's ever had a dream and, and it was like you were trying to say Jesus and it was hard to get Jesus out? Who knows what I'm talking about? That's kind of how it was. It was like that. And it was hard to get my words out. So anyway, uh, so then she kind of went, we went back and forth a little bit and then she dismissed me and she said, okay, next pastor, but I, I wasn't done. And so the next pastor is like, uh, I, see, I give my time to Pastor Mark Sturmer. And then she called another pastor. I also give my time to Pastor Mark Sturmer. So she looked back over at me and she said, well, I have the spirit in me. And I thought this, but I didn't say this. I said, oh, you have a spirit in you, all right. But it is not the spirit of God. And, and I didn't say it because I was being kind, but I, I didn't want to say that, but I thought that. So we began to go a little bit deeper into this, and, and all of a sudden, and I want you to understand this about evil, evil cannot contain itself. You know why? Because it has no discipline. So evil will always overstep. It, 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 it doesn't know how to restrain itself, because that goes against the very nature of, of who it is. And so we kept going, and all of a sudden, this lady stood up, and she said, you see, that's the problem in this world, all you Christians. And uh, y'all the reason for all the wars. Y'all the reason for all the issues in the world. And just started just manifesting. And I was just like, you know. The aide was like, oh, excuse me. Uh, you really got to go. You got to vote, vote on something. We got to go vote on something. And they left out of the room. And it's funny, I got out of that room and I looked at my phone and someone back here was praying for me and they text me and they said, hey, I don't know why, but the Lord put on my heart and said, whatever meeting you're about to go into maybe today, don't confront that demon because that's a big demon and you're not ready for that. I was like, you're a little late. I wanted to procrastinate it. Lord told them that morning, and they just kind of went, oh, yeah, I need to text uh, Pastor Mark that. It's 1 o'clock, okay. And then, yeah. But anyway, I got that, I got that memo a little late. Uh, then I, and look, the reason why the Lord puts me in those scenarios for that, that's not for everybody, but the reason why he puts me in that, because I've been called to that. Uh, literally, literally, uh, when Josiah, actually Josiah, the Lord, you know, we really felt like we were going to, God was going to take him, and I was at the chapel, and we had given him over to God and said, if you need to take him, then we understand, and he's yours anyway, and we, were, we just released him, and I was in the chapel, and the Lord came to me, and he said, uh, because you're willing to give me your son, I'm going to give him back to you, and I'm going to heal him, uh, and he said, and whatever you want, I'll give it to you. I was in the chapel at woman's hospital. He said, whatever you want, I'll give it to you, right there in the hospital. For whatever reason, I said, well, I want to be a prophet to the rulers for you. 
And he said, and this is what the voice I felt speak inside of me. It said, in a year and a half, you'll be known as a prophet to the rulers. In a year and a half from that moment, I began to, Cindy, be before rulers and leaders. And that has not stopped. We continue to do that. And I'm always amazed. I mean, just this week, uh, Jeffrey and Pastor Matt Bostic and all them guys, they're meeting with the Speaker of the House in Alabama and, and uh, the head of many of those departments and, in, you know, really talking to them and influencing them and just, you know, or, I mean, Mike Johnson, who won the Speaker of the House. Mike Johnson's the one that, you know, got my wife out of trouble in Hawaii. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Frankly, got her out of jail. All right. Yeah, you didn't know I was married to a criminal. So got her out of jail. But, you know, the governor that just won, Jeff Landry, good friends with us and was just at Lifehouse. And just it's just crazy how God is just, you know, continues to just do that. And it's nothing I seek. There's not, but it, you just end up in those places. And, and so, you know, I guess because God knows, you know, I'm crazy enough to say what he says, you know, to these people. Because I'm not impressed with the, uh, being at the table. And so it's, it's, it's God's more impressive. Another story. So I went into, uh, and I need to hurry, but I went into the, uh, a room, another room. This is another time. And again, we had some pastors, and we were in Washington, D.C. And there's another person that's uh, influential and, uh, in politics. And he got in this fancy room, beautiful room. And it was in one of the rooms in Washington and uh, in the Capitol. And so we're surrounded, and this guy gets up, and he starts talking about how he uh, voted for a homosexual bill, but he's a Christian. And he said, you know, he said, when I, I voted for that, before I voted for it, I really felt bad before I voted for that. But I knew I had to take off my Christian hat. And I had to put on my political hat. Well, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, Pastor. <laughs> I said, let me, let me tell you why you felt bad. And, and I said, this is why you felt bad. You felt bad because as a Christian, the Holy Spirit was trying to tell you don't do that. But you, you did opposite of what the Holy Spirit wanted you to do. And I said, so you, you need to listen to that voice that tells you not to do that because it was wrong. And it's funny because after we were done, the next guy came up and he's, uh, <laughs> I think it, it might have been Jeff Landry back in the day. He came up and he said, before we start, Pastor Mark, I want you to know I voted against that bill. <laughs> But there's a spirit of the world and there's a spirit of God. And you have to know the difference between the two. In 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 13, it says, Yet we do not speak wisdom among those who are, are, we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages of glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age understood. So a lot of the rulers don't understand what we're talking about here today. They don't understand it. For if they had understood it, they would have 
uh, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So I want you to see, like in that room, in that conference room, when she got up, she said, it's all you Christians. There's the spirit of the world. Because they don't, uh, they don't understand the spirit of God. Because they want to they kill God. They want to kill Christianity. And he goes on and says, but just as it is written. So let me stop there. So any, any politician or leader, anyone who comes against Christianity, you automatically know that that is not the spirit of God operating in them, that it is the spirit of the world operating in them. It says, but just as it is written, things which eye has not seen nor ear has not heard, and which have not entered the human heart, all that God has prepared for those who love him. It's important to love God. It says, for to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. So I want you to understand something. If you don't operate in the Spirit, you're never going to get your heart full of the wonderful things of God. You're never going to understand what all God has done for you. You're never going to understand what all God has for you unless you're connected to the Holy Spirit. Because he reveals them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among people knows the thoughts of a person except the Spirit of the person that is in him? Now, let me stop right there for a second. One of the things I've seen done throughout my time on earth is a lot of times people like to judge other people's intentions. Can I say something? You have no clue of what anyone else's intentions are. You only have an action. You have no clue of what their intentions are. Only that person. And I've watched people have conversations and go, well, this is, what, this is what your intentions were. And they go, no, 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 that wasn't my intentions. My intention was this. And they go, no, it wasn't. How are you going to? You barely know your own intentions. I mean, the Bible says that. We barely know our own intentions anyway. So we got to quit doing that. So it says, so also the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Hmm. Hmm. So if you want to follow God in your life, there's no way to do so without being connected to the Holy Spirit. Because if you're not connected to the Holy Spirit, there's no way you know what God wants. And we live in a church world that barely even knows who the Holy Spirit is. And they, they definitely don't listen to him. They definitely don't commune with him. And so if you want to follow God, the only way you're going to be able to do it is through the Spirit. That's why Jesus, when he said, I only do what I see my father doing, he, he knew that because of the spirit that was in him. He was conceived by the spirit. The spirit came upon him. Can I get an amen? Yeah. And so it, this is important, guys. And, and it says, now we have not received the spirit of the world. So you see there, there's a spirit of the world. But the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. So we're never going to know those things if we don't connect with the spirit. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts and spiritual words. Even my message today in speaking, people, some people fog out because they have no idea of the spiritual world. They have no idea of the Spirit of God because they're immature. And the church world has caused that, and leadership many times has caused that by saying, hey, let's not use these spiritual terms. Let's, let's use you know, less terms. Let's, let's talk more natural. Well, what we've created is a bunch of disciples who only think naturally. 
where Jesus Christ is just a carpenter, not a savior. Oh, he's someone that can help me build my house, but they have no clue he can help heal your heart. Because if you don't understand the spirit part, you'll never get the benefits of the kingdom that are for everyone who is willing to connect and learn them from the spirit. Amen? So we have to know that. Um, the spirit of the world. When he says the spirit of the world, I want you to know who that is. For those who are in accord, uh, the spirit of the world refers to a demonic spirit. Uh, it, it refers to Satan himself. Satan is called the ruler of the world. He is called the God of this world. Guys, you know, that's why you'll see people in the world that get very popular and the world just clamors to them. There's a reason for that. Because they've given themselves over to the spirit of the world. And Jesus said the world loves its own. And so when, when people give themselves over to the spirit of the world, you're going to have the praise of man. But you will not have the praise of God. I'd rather have the praise of God rather than the praise of man. But he says he is the spirit now at work in those who are, who are disobedient. So when you're being disobedient, to the word of God, you got to understand something. You're being controlled by the spirit of evil. You're being controlled by the spirit of the devil, not by the spirit of God. Because he's the one that is at work in you when you're disobedient to him. And we need to recognize that. What's crazy is in our life, you can be obedient to God in one area, but you can be obedient to the spirit of the world in another. And that's what makes it so complicated. Or that's why we justify ourselves. Well, I'm, I'm listening to the spirit of God here, kind of like that politician. Wait, I'm a Christian, yet you're doing unchristian things. But what they don't realize is those two things don't go together. They fight against each other. Amen? And we need to recognize that's the spirit of the world. Now, in Romans 8, 5 to 8, it says, For those who are in accord with the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who are in accord with the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh, watch this, they cannot please God. They cannot please God if, you're, if your heart is set with the spirit of the world. You can't please God. And guys, that's the whole role in life. That's the goal of a Christian is to be pleasing to God. We are to make our ambition in life to be pleasing to God. 2 Corinthians 5.9. We should wake up every day and seek that everything I do today is going to be pleasing to God. Ephesians says, uh, try to do everything you can to please God. And so that's what we should be seeking for. That's the goal. The goal is not a bigger house. The goal is not, you know, some of these accolades or trophies. The goal is not for people to know me. The, the goal is to please God. The goal is not to please ourselves. The goal is to please God. Come on up, team. <clears throat> That's what we have to please, God. 
I got to say this. I keep, it's keep coming to me, and so I want to say it. Um, we're told today that we have our truth. You got to follow your truth. You know, follow, you, you got to have your truth, and so you can go your way. Well, you can have, you can have your truth, and you can go your way, but the end, therefore, is death. And so we can't, that's why Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He says, here's the deal. You got to accept my truth, and you got to do it my way, and then you'll have my life. But if you do it where you accept your truth and you go your way, you're going to have what that produces, death. And so it's very important for us to understand that. In Romans 8, 9, it says, however, we are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. You know, in Acts 2, it says, Peter said to them, Repent, each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Remember we talked about this last week, where when you get saved, that gift is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in. He is the gift. But what does he bring with him? The gift of the Holy Spirit is eternal life. So we have eternal life. In Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, it says, in, in him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him, sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, sealed in him. So when someone does a paternity test on you, it should come out that you belong to him. And by the way, we're given paternity tests all the time. People are always testing us. The enemy is testing us. Life is testing us. So that paternity test must come back every time that I belong to him. I belong to him because I've been sealed in him by the Holy Spirit. Who is a first installment of our inheritance. This is beautiful. In regard to redemption, our God's own possession, the, the praise of his glory. Guys, the Holy Spirit is the first installment, and people are struggling with the first installment. If you struggle with the first installment, how are you going to get everything else he has for you? Receive that installment of the Holy Spirit. The next thing is, the gift of the Holy Spirit is the presence of God inside of you. 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? When you're a Christian, the Spirit of God is inside of you. The presence of God is inside of you. And when the, when the Spirit of God and the presence of God is inside of you, it changes you. It changes who you are. It changes how we speak. It changes how we live. It changes everything. And then lastly, the Spirit is the strength of God in you. In 1 John 4, 4, it says... You are from God, little children, and have overcome them because, here's the deal, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. So how can we endure? How can we 
stand the test of, of time here on this earth because of the Holy Spirit in us. In ourselves, we cannot defeat the enemy. Listen, when we fail to the enemy, let me say this. When we fail to the enemy, it's because we tried to beat him in the natural. The only way you can defeat the enemy is by the Spirit. That's the only way you can defeat him. So we must connect and be engaged with the Holy Spirit. I want you to stand on your feet, everybody. I want you to look at this statement. The Holy Spirit versus the unholy spirit. You know, we had Alabama and LSU. They played each other last night. All right? But we got, we got an ongoing, ongoing battle going on. It's the Holy Spirit versus the unholy spirit. Which one will we allow to lead and guide us in life? How about this? Which one are you rooting for? Which one, you know, do you, do you dress the part for? Which one do you shout for? It better be the Holy Spirit and not the unholy spirit. God is calling us to walk in the Spirit. And to walk in the Spirit, you got to be connected to the Spirit. I want you to lift your hands. Lift your hands. Come on, we're going to just begin to say holy, holy in this place. Come on, lift your hands. Bring it up, Roy. Bring it up, Mr. Roy. We're going to begin to say holy, holy in this place. Allow the Spirit of God to fill this room. Connect to the Spirit of the Lord.
pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us to connect to your spirit Lord let us know your spirit my God so we can freely and know everything that you have done for us oh God and in us and through us I pray my God that we would follow your spirit and not the spirit of the world Lord there are some that may have a uh, a seared conscience Lord, I I pray that you would open that up, my God. You would cut that uh, callus off, my God. And Lord, make it sensitive once again to your spirit, my Lord. Let us walk by your spirit. Let us live by your spirit so that we may ultimately please you. Father, I pray that and I ask that. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise, amen. Go in the spirit of the Lord and change the world for the glory of our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. God bless y'all, I love y'all.